My Talk 1071 is KTMY FM HD1, Coon Rapids, Minneapolis, St. Paul. ABC News Now. I'm Yuni Han. Focus on containing the new coronavirus continues around the world. In California, the Grand Princess cruise ship will dock in Oakland Monday after four days offshore. 21 were diagnosed on board. Georgia's governor says dozens will be securely transferred to the state's Dobbins Air Base in Mary. Real estate. It's the Red Hot Real Estate Show, where we can all find out how's it going for buyers and sellers in the real estate market. I have died and gone to real estate heaven. Looking to move? Hoping to sell? Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with Remax Results. I'm gonna go out and buy a house. Here she is, your host, Mimi Shoneman. Welcome to the Red Hot Real Estate Show on My Talk 1071. We are streaming live online at MyTalk1071.com. I'm your host, Sonny. I'm filling in for Miss Shannon on this fine Sunday morning in studio with Mimi Shoneman from Remax Results, as well as Phil Olson from Emek Home Loans. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Sunday. <laughs> it's a beautiful Sunday, too, isn't it? It is. <laughs> You're looking all sweet over there in your orange Reese's peanut butter cup shirt. I'm excited about the warm weather. I really am. I feel like a little kid just being released into recess. I really do. Trust me, I'm right there with you. <laughs> like rolling the grounds, kicking your heels, right? All right, so before we start the show, I wanted to invite everybody who has questions today. No question is silly. This is very heavy stuff. I all I all What I do when I'm normally producing is just sit back and write notes because it's heavy. So if you don't understand something, do not feel bad. Oh. Please feel free to call in. Heavy. Six five one. Well, houses wow. are heavy. Oh girl. <laughs> Real okay. estate's heavy. Yeah, but yeah. the number to call is six five one six four one one oh seven one. Well, we like to make it simple. So no question is a stupid question. And if it's heavy to you, we really want to talk to you (laughs) because it means that you've got something that we can hopefully help you understand better. Right, Phil? Great. I love talking about interesting stuff. Yeah. And the more math, the better. So Phil's got some digits he wants to throw out. There you go. Yep. Oh, I kept the calculator at home today. Oh, boy. What's your NMLS number? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought the numbers she was talking about. NMLS. (laughs) Here are my NMLS numbers. 238103 branch 9288590 and company MLS 150953. And I have to throw in there, we're a better, uh, better housing equals housing lender. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, Phil, how long have you been uh, a mortgage originator? 18 years plus now. Okay. So that means you started in what year? I started in, it was 2002. Okay. So um, I have been a licensed real estate professional here in Minnesota and also Wisconsin since 2006. Mm -hmm. So we've been doing this a while. We have been doing it a while. We've seen a few transactions. Yeah, so this is not our first rodeo, you and me. No, not at all. So I tell everybody that because um, we've seen a few things, you know, because we've been around the block a few times. So if if we don't know the answer to your question, we certainly know where to go to get it. Exactly. I very rarely get stumped. Okay. <laughs> Every once in a while, I hear a doozy out there, and I'll go, hmm, that's a good one. So this is a challenge. We can ha- play stump Phil today. <laughs> so, Phil, with all your mortgage questions. So, Phil, what are we going to be talking about uh, on mortgages? Well, I've, I've really got kind of three subjects. One is the prime rate, and I get all kinds of calls on that. Average cost of new construction, and why is it going up, and why is it so expensive? And then... I wanted to talk a little bit about divorces and mortgages and and how do you get a, a mortgage if you're going through a divorce? And there there's there's things you have to know 
before you even go down that path. And a lot of planning is required. A hundred percent. And there's also a lot of myths that go around if you're uh, going through a divorce or you're separated and you've got real property that you need to be doing something with, whether that's uh, refinancing the person off of the current property or if you like, yeah, I just want to get my own place and I don't know what to do about that. We can answer those questions. So if you know people that are going through a divorce or you're doing it yourself, we would love to take your questions today. And so we want to remind everybody we've got a lot of great links. Our producer, Abby, is going to be posting those for us today. And a shout out to our new producer, Abby. And we've got videos that, that are out there. We've got links for divorce. We've got links for where you can shop for your houses. Um, so be sure and check out ViewGreaterMinneapolisHomes.com where you can shop for all the property that you ever wanted to see and also make appointments with us. And Phil, your website, please. Website, www.CallPhilOlson.com. Okay, so that's how you get a hold of us. And Sonny, who, how do they call us today? 651-641-1071. Okay, Phil. So this week has been crazy in crazy. the market, right? Crazy, crazy, Bananas. crazy. You could be doing like a multiple dialer over there and like all kinds of headsets and call takers and such. I probably took 250 call-ins all week long. Okay. So yeah. that's being driven by all this news in the media about coronavirus and also the market, how uh, the Dow Jones and everything took a major, major hit. Yep. And so let's talk a little bit about what folks have concerns about that you're hearing on your phone calls? No, first first question is, is the prime rate has dropped, okay? Well, we need to understand what the prime rate is. It's a short-term rate. It's a short-term lending rate. Does it apply to fixed-rate mortgages? No, it really doesn't. So when the Fed drops the rate by a quarter percent or a half a percent, what does that affect? Well, it affects, it is home equity loans, it affects student loans, it affects credit cards, and it affects home or home equity loans. Now, this so, rate you're talking about, that's the rate they say that they cut to help with the economy, right? Basically, they cut the rate to stimulate the economy to increase spending mm -hmm. based on the fact that you are seeing some restrictions in the market overseas, and it's causing exports to slow down. Right. So what they're doing is they're trying to prop up the economy by lowering these this specific rate, which will then put more money in the, into the consumer's pocket in the hopes that they spend it. And you're saying this rate doesn't have anything to do with mortgage rates? It can have an effect on mortgage interest rates, but it's a long-term effect. Mm -hmm. It normally takes its way three to six, maybe three to nine months to trickle its way through the economy before it actually starts affecting mortgage-backed securities. Uh, so let's so, talk a little bit about that home equity line and how you say that this particular change will affect those types of loans and also student loans. How will they see that affect them? Well, let's let's just say uh, a student loan was at 5.75% and the Fed drops the rate by a quarter. Now, the next time you get your monthly statement, it'll be at 5.5% and your payment goes down. Wow. No different than what a home equity loan would be. Mm -hmm. If your home equity loan is, let's say, at 5%, now it drops down to 4.75%. And the next time you get your statement, your monthly payment is less on that home equity loan. Mm. So that's a great thing. That is a good thing. That's a very good thing. That's a very good and thing. And so that's a mobile thing that floats. It does float. And there's no cap. Okay? okay. So on a home equity loan, when somebody takes out a home equity loan and somebody's teased with, well, the interest rate is 4%. Just understand, folks, that rate over years could turn to 20%. Now, that's never happened, but we have seen interest rates at 13% back in the 1970s. So anytime the Fed decides 
to restrict the economy and restrict money flow, they'll increase the interest rate. And so for our homeowners out there that are seeing this information and they're thinking, hmm, maybe now is a good time to refinance. Well, I mean, I just locked a rate here this week at 2.625% on a 15. Okay. Which is better than last week when I was on the show by Mm -hmm. by a full eighth of a percent. 2.6. 2.6. So, so let me just think about this for That's a second. That's almost free money. That, yeah. <laughs> so, but even when the market was down in 2008, I don't think I remember seeing anything lower than 2.8. We're at historical lo- low levels right now. Okay. On 30 year, 25 year, 20, 15, 10, um, there's really no interest break on a 10 year mortgage, but there's interest breaks going from 30 to a 15. And right now, three and an eighth on a 30. Two point two point six two five on a fifteen, and and that's no different. If you buyers are thinking about buying, well, guess what? That's the interest rate you can get on a purchase. I just locked one at three point one two five on a thirty year fixed rate mortgage at five percent down. Okay, so let's just talk about something that we don't often talk about here, and that is points. Mm-hmm. Okay, so some of our savvy buyers and sellers yep. out there know that you can actually get a cheaper interest rate by buying it down. So if you've got the money. So a point is 1% yep. of the origination fee or of the, of the purchase price. Amount. Yeah, of the loan amount. So if you're buying a $300,000 home, you would theoretically have one point for $3,000. Correct. And what would, if somebody had that kind of cash on hand, what, what would that do to their interest rate? Probably drops their interest rate by another full quarter of a percent. And if you have, let's just use a $300,000 mortgage, let's say, for every eighth, the payment drops by $25. Now you got to do some math. It's called a break-even analysis. How long is it going to take you to recoup that? So when I'm talking with specifically seniors that are thinking about buying that last home and they're going to live in that home for 15 or 20 years, that's where buying down the rate might be cost-effective. Now for that consumer that's going to buy this home and only going to live in it for three years and then they're going to upgrade... I wouldn't recommend buying down the rate. It all comes down to the money, folks. If if I'm if you're going to pay me three grand and I'm going to save you fifty dollars a month, well, that's simple math. That's sixty months. That's five years. You're going to break even at five years, meaning you better be in the home longer than five years. Mm. And for every month thereafter, after that fifth year, you're saving fifty dollars. So for that for that couple that maybe has a four year old and a seven year old, and they're thinking about buying this house. Kids are going to go through high school. They're going to stay there through college. Well, now you're looking at what? Maybe 15 or 20 years you're going to be in that home. Buying down the rate could be in a cost-effective approach for that specific consumer. And so we encourage all of our listeners that have these questions about whether the break-even makes sense for them. We encourage you to reach out to us during the week. And Phil, the number for folks to call you is? 651-238-6748. And if you are thinking that maybe now is the time for you to move up, move down. When we come back from the break, we're going to be talking a little bit about understanding rate quotes and what goes into that. All right. We'll be back uh, after this break. I'm in studio with Mimi Shoneman from Remax Results and Phil Olson from Emic Home Loans. You are listening to Red Hot Real Estate, and we'll be right back. 
Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show on My Talk 1071. We are streaming online at MyTalk1071.com. I'm your host, Sonny. I'm filling in for Miss Shannon on this Sunday morning. I'm in with Mimi Shoneman from Remax Results and Phil Olson from Amac Home Loans. If you have a question for Phil or Amy, please give us a call at 651-641-1071. There was a lot of numbers you guys rambled off in the last break. <laughs> so if that, you know, like if you're like me and you're learning, uh, that's the number to call. 651-641-1071. So, Phil, um, there's a lot that goes into understanding a rate quote. And you and I were talking during the break that um, right now, a lot of lenders are actually raising the cost of their refinances and because the volume is so so heavy. The volume is crazy. And the only way they can keep up is they're increasing their rates from anywhere between a quarter to three quarters of a percent. Uh, we haven't done that at Amic Home Loans yet. Uh, it could happen. I hope it doesn't happen. But right now, uh, there's so much volume. Uh, I mean, it's like everybody's refinancing right now. Right. Everybody. And, you know, sometimes it's tough because you leave a message and you don't hear anything back and you leave a message and don't hear anything back. So um, and you were talking about like when people call, the worst place to go is these online mortgage companies, correct? And they go online and, and basically what the online lender is is giving you is they're giving you the cat's meow rate where 90% of consumers don't qualify for the cat's meows rate. So they think this is the rate. So then they end up talking to the person, that person runs the numbers, and then there's the but. And what what's the but? There, well, there's, there's so many different factors that come into building an interest rate. Yeah. So, I mean, one, you got your loan amount. If your loan amount is really, really small, you're going to pay a higher rate. Okay. And tell why is that? Why is that? Because the lender makes less interest on that loan. There's less profit on that loan. So you're going to end up getting a higher interest rate. And are we talking just when people are calling these online uh, brokers for mortgage quotes or just anyone all together on the board? I'm talking across the board because Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac basically regulates 99% of all mortgages. All those loans are going through Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac and there's specific hits to the rate. And when, when I say there's hits to the rate, is, is it's a mathematical number that's attributed to every single category. And then you add those up, and then it gets minused out of the rate, which means then the rate goes up. Right. Okay, now you got pluses and you got minuses. Let me give you an example of a minus. A minus would be you're doing a 95% refinance, meaning they only have a 5% equity position. Well, then there's hits to the rate, which is going to cause that rate to go up because in case you default with the lender, well, guess what? They're going to charge you a higher rate because you're at a higher risk. Because you have less equity. Correct. Okay. So um, there's variations in what people uh, understand because of the loan type, correct? Correct. Loan type. Okay. So are, are we doing, it is a purchase? Are we doing a refinance? Are we doing a construction? Are we doing a home equity loan? Are we doing a cash out? I mean, these are all specific types of things, and every single one of those categories is going to have a different hit to the rate, which is either going to cause that rate to go up or the rate's going to go down. So let me give you a quick example. Loan to value, that is your loan balance divided by your appraised value. Well, if you're at a 50% loan to value, meaning you have a 50% equity position, you're in the best spot for that specific category. But now let me throw another layer on top. Your credit score is 660. Well, hold one here. Yes, you've got great, you got a great loan to value, you've got a great equity position, but you don't have the greatest credit in the world. So now there's hits to that rate 
because you're a 660. Mm. All right, now let's throw another layer on top of that. You're self-employed. Well, now you've got different categories of loan products for self-employed borrowers. Yeah, because we're the least desirable of all borrowers, correct? I think, I think, we, got, I think we got a call, we? Don't do we do have a call. We have Jenny on the line, and there's a question about locking rates in. Jenny, good morning. Welcome to the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Jenny? Yes, hi. Hi, good morning, welcome. Jenny. Good morning. What's your question? Hi, I am hoping to buy a house this summer. And uh, with these rates being so low, I was wondering if I get pre-approved now, will I get to lock in that rate, even if I don't buy a house until August? Well, believe it or not, you can lock in the rate. It's called the Lock and Shop. Amic Home Loans has a Lock and Shop program where basically you can lock the rate, but the lock is only going to be good for 90 days. All right? Very few lenders allow you to do that. Now, with as rates as low as they are right now, I'm actually locking some of my new construction buyers on 120-day locks. But the standard rule of thumb is you have to have a property address uh, in order to lock the rate. But with Amic Home Loans, we do have that lock and shop program where you can basically lock in the rate. It's locked. Now, guess what? Are you going to get the absolute lowest rate with a lock and shop? No, you're not because you're locking... You're, you're asking that lender to hedge that interest rate over a longer period of time. And if interest rates go up, then the lender actually loses money. But, Phil, if she has a property address, then she's she's good to go. Once, If you have a property address, then we don't even need to use the lock and shop program. We can lock on a 30, 60, 90, 120-day lock. So, Jenny, have you been shopping already, or are you just starting? I am just starting. Uh, we, uh, we won't be able to move until August. So we felt like this was too soon to start looking. Okay, but I, so, would, would, I would recommend that you're either working with me or another professional in the mortgage industry. And that way, they you can be doing some credit enhancements, some credit repair. You can be talking about uh, base, base price point. You can be looking at payment. There's a lot of planning that could be done prior to you actually stop shopping in August. And the same thing, too, with us, Jenny. We have a, a interesting product at our company called BuySide where we can actually input your information and the type of property that you're looking for and see if there's any matches in our system. And keep in mind, we are a huge company with over 1,100 agents, uh, the whole metro-wide. So that might be a service that would be of benefit to you. Okay. Yeah, so we'll look forward to talking to you. And thank you so much for the call. It was a great question. Thank you, Jenny. Great question. So that was a great question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you have questions, call in 651-641-1071. So who would have thought to, to ask that question, right? You know, interest rates are great, so you do want to lock as soon as you can. Maybe. Um, maybe. maybe. I, it really it really depends, okay? I mean, if, if you're going to be buying six months down the road, then I don't recommend you locking your rate for six months out because you'd probably get a better interest rate <laughs> under this current market condition because I don't foresee interest rates in the short term, going back up, uh, specifically with the coronavirus scare there is. So let's talk about people who have leases. And everybody's always very afraid to break a lease, right, with your landlord. So what are the ramifications of that? Is it a month's uh, rent? Is it two months' rent? I mean, what is? you have to look at that and see what the, the cost benefit is of doing something like that. And if there are any legal ramifications. But if there aren't, Maybe now is the right time for you to start shopping for a property. Well, going hand in hand with that, people don't understand. Let me give you an, uh, an example. Let's say we closed on a home loan on April 15th. Most consumers don't know 
that their first mortgage payment would not be due until June 1st. So you really you're not making a mortgage payment for a year and a half for a month and a half or two months out after you close. So sometimes we're able to coordinate it is a lease agreement and a mortgage because consumers are going, well, I can't pay the rent and the mortgage at the same time. Well, guess what? Because you're not paying that mortgage for almost two months out, there's there's an opportunity there to structure a deal to where you don't have to make double double rent and mortgage payment at the same time. Exactly. And so getting out there and finding the right property is going to be the issue um, because there are such little inventory in the marketplace right now. So if you see a house that you want, I would suggest maybe uh, talking with us and let's put together a plan and see if we can't help you out. Now, if you are lucky enough to be uh, renting at a lower than market rate rent, your landlord is probably going to be thrilled if you leave because then they can clean it up and start renting the property for a higher rate. Right, mm-hmm. Phil? I would totally agree with that. And I mean, right now, rents are are dramatically going up across the metro. All right. Um, I looked at a statistic. Minnesota is one of your higher cost states in the United States right now to live. All right. Price points are going up crazily across the board, but you'll find there's a lot of people that are paying $1,600 to $2,000 a month in rent right now. Well, guess what? You can find an affordable house. I'm not going to tell you it's going to be easy based on your price point, but it can be done. All right. Uh, if you have any questions for the show, please give us a call. 651-641-1071. You are listening to the Red Hot Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Had real estate show on my talk 1071. We're streaming live online at mytalk1071.com. I'm your host, Sonny, filling in for Miss Shannon. I'm in with Mimi Shoneman from Remax Results and Phil Olson from Amec Home Loans. If you, by chance, happen to have a question, please give us a call. We would love to have you on the show, 651-641-1071. And we do want to remind everybody, we do have a lot of really great links posted on our show page. We also have uh, spring buying and selling guides. Um, We all know that um, spring is surely around the corner soon. We are seeing grass or at least we're seeing patches. Um, so be sure and check out those guides and check out all the information that we have posted there. And so, Phil, we were talking about understanding when somebody calls to get a rate quote. Um, there's just a whole lot of information that goes into getting that. It's not just going, um, OK, so what's the rate today? It's all about you. You're the one that drives what the rate's going to be. Correct. And when when I have clients call me, I'll I very rarely ever say, here's your rate. I'll give you a range. And the reason being is without me knowing everything, it's very, very difficult for me to quote an interest rate. And the worst thing a client wants to hear is for me to say, oh, your rate today is three and a quarter. And then I get, get all your financials and I look at everything and I go, oops, nope, your rate's not three and a quarter. It's 3.625. And then guess what the client says? But Phil... You said yes. three and a quarter. Guess what? It's it's based on so many different factors, and 90% of consumers don't understand our business, and they don't understand all the criteria, and what they do is they just go online, they put their information in, they say their credit score is this, and the, the lender says, well, your rate is that. No, it's not. It's not even close. Let me give you an example. You know, assets, 
for liquid assets available to close. There are some mortgages or some mortgage programs that require that you have six months reserves on your primary residence and two months reserves on, say, a rental. Let's talk about what that means in case somebody is listening and they don't understand what reserves are. Mm -hmm. What that is, is that's discretionary income that you have in a bank account or a financial investment account. So in other words, let's say I'm a buyer. I've got the down payment of $25,000. I've got the money for closing costs, say $7,000 with prepaid items, taxes, and insurance. But you have to have a reserve requirement of, let's say, $13,000. Well, if you don't have that $13,000, then you can't have that program, and you can't have that program with that specific interest rate. I might have to find a different program for you that doesn't have a reserve requirement, which means that interest rate could be higher. It just means that if you are you know, a good saver out there, you might be able to get a better rate than somebody who is just coming in with the bare minimum. Right. Now, let me give you another example. Let's say it takes both husband and wife or boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever the case may be to qualify for a home. And one consumer has a 670 or 760 credit score. The other person has a 670 credit score. But you need both of their income to qualify for the refinance or the purchase. In that situation, we have to use the 670 credit score. And guess what? Do you think the 670 credit score gets a higher rate than the one with 760? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So when I structure a deal, be it a purchase or a refinance, I'm also gonna look at, is it possible that we drop one of the borrowers off, keep the higher credit score on, which is gonna allow that interest rate to be better for that consumer? Unfortunately though, some people go to the computer, they plug their information in, they say, my credit score is 760, but they forgot to tell the lender, oh, by the way, I need the $40,000 income for my spouse to qualify and her credit's not as good as mine. Mm. Now, now you've got the situation. We've quoted three and a quarter. Next thing you know, it's 3.875. Or you're telling the consumer, I'm sorry, you don't qualify because I've seen it where one has 800 and the other one has 500. Mm -hmm. So what about manual versus automated underwriting? Mm -hmm. Great question. I do probably 99% automated underwriting, which means I'm actually the one that manipulates the system. I'm the one that gets the approval through Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, and then you get what's called your findings. And as long as the findings, I can provide the documentation to that findings. When the underwriter reviews that, they must sign off on the loan as long as I've provided the documentation that the findings say. I will tell you 100% approval with an automated underwriting. When you go to a manual underwrite, that means that your underwriter, for any reason whatsoever, if they don't like your file, they can actually deny it. That's why jumbo home loans, anything over 5, 10, 400, be it loan amount, is a manual underwrite, which means there's a far more criteria. And let's just suppose we look at bank statements and we see some non-sufficient, non-sufficient funds. Or let's just see, we take a look at it is bank statements and you say you're receiving your child support for it is the last 12 months. But guess what? A couple of those payments from the spouse were $50 less than, the, than, the, than what they should have been. 
Now you can't count that income. You can't count any of it. Can't count any of it. Just because it was a little short. It was a little short. That is interesting. Yeah. Wow. And so you've obviously seen some situations where once you look at look at the bank account statements that that changes everything. Oh, exactly. And that's why the lenders require bank statements, but we have what's called day one certainty. All right. And a lot of my loans, I'm not even needing bank statements specifically for the refinances. Now for those that are coming to the table with cash on a purchase, well, if I can't use the bank statements for the consumer, maybe I find another alternative source for the down payment, say 401k money, IRA money, let's say it's gifted funds from a family or relative. Well, now that consumer's bank statement doesn't come into play. My findings don't require that I have a bank statement from the consumer in the file. All right. Let's say I have a relative buying from a relative. Well, in that situation, I might not need any money because I'll do what's called a gift of equity. And I'll actually have the seller's gift equity to the buyer, all right? Let's say it's 15% down. Well, guess what? We just write up the purchase agreement that the sellers are giving a 15% gift of equity to purchase the home, and the consumer's actually buying that house for nothing down. Wow. So there's just lots of creative things that go to this. But if you go and you just use an automated system just willy-nilly out of the sky picking something... All of these things that all of this knowledge that Phil has over the years he's accumulated, um, you're not going to get that from an automated system, Phil, Like, right? Well, the other thing is with the automated system, it's only as good as the originator that input the information. Mm. All right. So if the information the consumer gives to the originator is bad or the originator you're working with doesn't understand the system and they're putting in numbers that are not factual or they cannot provide the documentation then guess what? You're going to get wrong findings, which means your loan's going to get denied. So it just really comes down to who you work with. So, Phil, um, I think there's a lot of confusion about mortgage insurance. Mm -hmm. So let's first talk about how that affects the rate and then what mortgage insurance actually is and who who it covers. Real quickly, mortgage insurance covers the lender in case of default. When you have less than a 20% down or less than a 20% equity position in the home, you're going to be required to carry some form of mortgage insurance. Now, when a lender says to you, well, this program doesn't have mortgage insurance. Yes, it does. It's built into the rate. The consumer is going to get a higher interest rate by almost three, I would say three eighths to a half a percent. But what people need to understand is there's multiple, multiple mortgage insurance companies. Amic Home Loans has almost all of them. Every mortgage insurance company has different mortgage insurance rates. So when I say your interest rate is three and a quarter, but your mortgage insurance is $200 a month, I might have a mortgage insurance company that's only going to charge you $97 a month. There's $103 savings right there. So mortgage insurance is no different than getting a mortgage interest rate. There's underwriting required, and there's underwriting requirements. And for every 5% different, your interest rate is different, your property type is different, you have a condo, you have a a townhome, you have a duplex. All that is in the rate, which means your payment will be higher. My job is to find the lowest, not only in rate, in cost, 
in mortgage insurance or propose you other options that's going to get you a lower mortgage payment. Okay. So one more thing about seller credits and concessions. How Mm -hmm. does that affect a rate? How does that affect a rate? It doesn't affect the rate. It affects the program. So conventional max seller contribution is 3%. VA max seller contribution is 6%. FHA max seller contribution is 6%. USDA max contribution is 4%. But guess what? You can get 6% on a conventional. I already said it was 3%. But if the consumer is putting more than 20% down, they can get the seller to pay up to 6% in seller paids. Now, I never need 6%, but I'll give you an example where the consumer might need 6%. Let's say they're buying a $100,000 home and they're putting 50 grand down. Now you only have a loan amount of $500. And let's say your total title costs for that transaction are $1,000. Well, guess what? That's already 2%. Now the mortgage company is $1,000. Now you're at 4%. Now we have to pay for taxes and insurance. And let's say that's another 2%. So there's a situation where a conventional loan, you could ask for 6% and seller paids. And it's really not a lot of money. You're talking $3,000, but it's only a $50,000 home, but you're buying it for a hundred. Well, we're just, this example is, is purely fictional, right? I mean, so these are like just number examples. I I would say it's not fictional. Mm. If you're going up to the Brainerd's Lakes area, or you're going way down in Southern Minnesota, or you're going over into Western Wisconsin, you do have properties that are selling for 120,000. Sometimes the consumer's coming to the table with a lot of money. Yeah. Well, we'll just keep looking for those properties. They are there, but not a lot of them. Not a lot of them. So (laughs) when we come back from the break, we'll be talking a little bit about what you need to think about if you are going through a divorce or separated. And if you have a question, please give us a call. We'd love to have you uh, ask your questions on the show. 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show on My Talk 1071, streaming live online at MyTalk1071.com. I'm your host, Sonny, filling in for Miss Shannon. I'm in studio with Mimi Shoneman from Remax Results and Phil Olson from Amic Home Loans, talking divorce, buying and selling houses, mortgage rate drops, and what you need to know about new construction. And we have a call from one Gail this morning. Good morning, Gail. Gail, you there? I am. Good morning. Welcome to the Red Hot Real Estate Show. What's your question this morning? Right. So I'm nearing retirement. I'm planning on selling my house soon and I'm looking at either buying into a condo or I'm curious about some of these places that are cooperatives, like senior housing cooperatives, and I'm not sure I understand how that works. Great question. I'm going to tell you, uh, financing a co-op is a totally different animal. Uh, they're very difficult one to sell when it comes time for you to sell. They don't they don't bring you a lot of value in the long term. Um, I'm not an expert in it. Not a lot of people are. It requires special type of financing, and the interest rates are higher. You're much better off if you're thinking about buying a property and having an investment that will gain in value. You'd be better off with a townhome or a condo. So, Gail, why are you why are you looking into that particular type of of housing? You know, I'm not sure I am. I just I I want to uh, get into something that is no maintenance or low maintenance for you know the outdoors. 
um, and I was just kind of driving around, and I saw this place that's near my house, and it's um, and it says cooperative living or something, and I thought, I know I've kind of heard of that, but I wasn't sure what the advantages, disadvantages, why would somebody do that? I just wasn't sure what it what it offered. A great resource would be for you to Google that. You'll see tons and tons of articles on it, and you'll see the pros and the cons, and in my opinion, there's more cons than there are pros. Huh. But we'd be happy That's to... Talk it through with okay. you, Gail. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for the info. Appreciate thank you for calling. Thank you for welcome. your question. So um, that's for like you could probably do a whole show on on that well, topic it, it alone. Comes comes down to unique properties. That is a unique property, and when when it comes to a unique property or a unique loan, you're looking at higher interest rates, different terms more costs, all those types of things. Some properties you can buy, they'll never increase in value. That is kind of one right there that they don't go up in value a lot. They're harder to finance. So you're going to have less buyers for that specific property. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about divorce. Um, So a lot of folks go through this where there's nearly 2,400 divorces per day, 16,800 divorces a week, and almost a a million divorces a year. So... When folks are going through this, they're usually in a, kind of a, an emotional state. And so a lot of times you just want it to be in a different space. You don't want to be in the same house that you lived in together. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the things that folks call you about, Phil, when they're going through those situations? Well, frequently it has to do who's going to buy out who. What does that mean? You're both on the mortgage. One person wants to buy another house after the divorce is final. But guess what? Maybe you both qualified on your income for that home and neither one of your incomes will support you refinancing that other party out, which then means you're stuck. Okay. You're stuck because that next, that other person cannot buy a house. You can't refinance the house because you don't have enough combined income between the two of you. What I tell people that are going through this, it's very important that they're meeting with me and we're talking through things. Next, the best situation is an amicable situation. I understand you want to go your own way. The other party wants to go their own way. How do we make this work so that's possible? All right. A lot of lenders will tell consumers that are going through a divorce, we cannot help you until the divorce is final. Believe it or not, no, that's not the case. There are specific rules and regulations, and there's a way of getting what's called a quasi-separation agreement drafted, where you list the liabilities, you list the assets, you list the separation of the two, and then you get it signed by your party and yourself and two witnesses. And believe it or not, with that separation agreement, you can... One person can live in that home. The other person can go buy another home. And so do you see a lot of that happening where that that is the way that that's handled? Um, a lot of times, I mean, it really comes down to how contentious is the situation. If you've got a contentious situation and you're not able to talk with that other party, then you're better off waiting until the divorce is finalized. But... There's a lot of things that need to be taken into account. I have people that get divorced and they go, well, I'm getting child support. My first question when they tell me they're receiving child support, 
is what is the age of the children? And one will go, well, one is 15 and the other one is 16 and I'm going to get $1,500 a month. Believe it or not, you can't use that $1,500 at all because the law or the rule says that the income must continue for a period of three years after the date of divorce. So let's say we have 1500 and we've got a 13-year-old and we got a 17-year-old. You can't use the 1500 We would use $750 because the 13-year-old will be 16 years old by the three-year period. So that's one thing to take into account. And because the 17-year-old will only be on there for one year. Correct. Now, here, here's another situation. Just ran into it a couple weeks ago. Client says they've been divorced for five years and they receive, it is $2,500 a month alimony. Well, guess what? That alimony is only going to continue for two more years. This person thought that they could qualify with their $2,500 a month alimony, but because it doesn't continue for three years, they can't use any of it. None of it. None of it. Okay. So that's where you talking with me, sitting down with me, explaining your situation And the first thing I'm going to say is, do you have your divorce decree? Yeah, I want to read it. Because guess what? Sometimes in the divorce decree, when you divorced, you you both had a cabin. And guess what? That cabin was in northern Wisconsin, and you're both owners of that cabin. Well, guess what? Just because one party is responsible to make the payment, since you're still the owner of that property, you, the buyer or the refinancee, are still required to qualify based on the taxes and insurance of that property, not the mortgage, taxes and insurance. There are so many things to think about when you're going through a divorce and prior to the divorce that your your lawyer's not gonna talk to you about. And they think, sorry to say, they think they understand mortgage law or mortgage rules and regulations, but they don't. They don't know the guidelines. So let's just say, let's just keep talking about that situation. So. You have a married couple. Mm-hmm. They own a, a, their single family home in the cities and mm-hmm. they've got a, a lake home someplace. And so when they separate and they get divorced, that person is what cl- quick claimed off of the deed for the, the cabin. And but they're still on the hook for the mortgage. Well, yes. If they're both on the mortgage for that property, you know, they're still liable to the lender, which means they're still both liable for that fifteen hundred dollar a month payment. Now, here comes the but. If we can prove that the third party is making the mortgage payment for longer than a 12-month period and will actually provide financials showing that they've made the payment themselves out of their own funds, then we can wash that payment out of the other consumer's debt and you don't have to count it. But all the things we're talking about are not things people think about and they don't understand it. And now their life changes, and now they go, I want to refinance or I want to buy a house. And that's where it becomes messy and complicated. Because of the debt-to-income ratios go into play with all of that and what they qualify for. Correct. And so when you're you're sitting down and you, you are going through a divorce before it's final with your lawyer, mm-hmm. would be a good time to sit down and have a consultation with you, Phil, about the mortgage and the ramifications of, of how things are going to be structured in the decree, correct? Correct. And if anything, I would ask the client to call their lawyer and have them send me over a copy of the projected divorce decree that's going to be 
presented to the judge and signed off by the judge. Let me read it. That way I can at least pick out the things that you need to be concerned with and I can go, okay, this is going to affect this. This is going to affect this. Unfortunately, people don't do that. What they're thinking about is I just want to get through the divorce. What they really need to be thinking about is what does my life look like after divorce with making no assumptions. Right. And I also think it's important to think about the single family home that you're going to be living in. Are you going to be able to sustain that? And the other thing that we see is the whole quit claim deed. Mm -hmm. That is not enough. You're still going to be responsible for that debt. There are times when I've talked to both parties and I go, folks, this situation does not work that this party can have this house and you go buy another house. Sometimes I might advise the clients, folks, you need to sell the house, get rid of the liability totally, and now you both can go qualify on your own and use the equity that you take from the sale of the home to help you with your down payment. Now, what does that mean? You're going to end up probably buying a lesser home than what you had before. Which is hard to swallow. But if you've got questions about real estate, mortgage, divorce, or anything else, reach out to us during the week at 651-578-2218 or meet me at mnredhotrealestate.com. Or you can call me, Phil Olson, 651-238-6748. Would love to take your calls and help you with your situation. And if you'd like to check out the podcast for today's show, visit mytalk1071.com, keyword red hot. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. And right now, you can save when you shop your faves. Just buy six or more participating sale items and save 50 cents each with your card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.